0: Alright, thank you for joining me on a Thursday evening It is I, Peacone36 on Twitter, Michael Hunter This is the ACC Basketball Report Uh, Coming at you fresh off of the ACC Big Ten Challenge Which ended last night Uh, I had to do a podcast with some friends this evening So I didn't get this out as quickly as I wanted to uh, check me out this week I'm going to be on ACC Nation uh, With Will Ogin and Jim Quest A uh, podcast I've never actually Appeared on before but uh, with a couple guys That I've interacted with quite a bit on Twitter Really looking forward to that um, Next month I'm going to be On the ACC Weekly Podcast With Jeffrey and Matthew uh, Looking forward to that, did it last year uh, Good guys, looking forward to, uh, to to Getting caught up with those guys I interact with them on Twitter as well uh, So What's new? What do we know? You know, what did we learn, people? What did we learn from the ACC Big Ten Challenge? I think we learned quite a bit. I think we learned that Pitt might be for real, uh, not for maybe not for real. Maybe I mean I'm not talking like tournament NIT for real, but I think they might be all right. I think they might be a little bit better than we anticipated. Um, what did we learn about Virginia Tech? Well, it's the same old Virginia Tech. What did we learn about NC State? Well, basically confirmed what we suspected. I'm going to talk about all that today. All right. I'm going to talk. This is the ACC Big Ten Challenge review, basically. Um, You know, no stock watch, no player of the week, nothing like that. I'll save that shit for Sundays. But, um, you know, I just want to jump on real quick. Let you guys know don't forget to write, uh, like, rate, review, share, subscribe, retweet the podcast, get the word out. You know, hit that subscribe button. Go steal somebody's phone, hit subscribe on their phone. Okay, leave me a review. Got a couple nice reviews this week. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I appreciate the new listeners. I appreciate the numbers going up. Kevin brought some new listeners with him the other day. You know, I really appreciate that for all you new listeners out there. I appreciate it. Uh, I try to put out the best product for you guys. Try to put out the 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 best. Opinions the most knowledgeable opinions. I try to watch the most games. That's what I try to do I love ACC basketball I love doing this podcast and my greatest fear is that I look like a chowder head that I look like a damn fool That I look like a box score cowboy because I am NOT Okay, nobody watches more games than me. Nobody not a single person All right, there's some guys that watch more games than me because they ain't got shit to do or they get paid to do this stuff but is what I do It's what I do for you guys And I appreciate all the feedback I'm getting from you guys And I will continue To pump out the content Go to slapassign.com For any Notre Dame content You may be interested in My stuff typically comes out On Sundays or Mondays Go to GT Swarm If you're a Georgia Tech fan I do all the game previews For that team Which by the way Right now it's about Ten minutes past nine And I have yet to do The St. John's game for tomorrow That might not happen I'm going to be quite honest With you guys That might not happen Work all day This this is the second podcast of the day I gotta do all this post-recording horseshit And get this out tonight Because I ain't gonna have time tomorrow And I gotta work on Saturday So there might not be a Georgia Tech preview Sorry about that Um, For all you Notre Dame fans Something's gonna come out on Slap us on on Sunday I haven't really decided what it is yet They give me free reign over there Which is really cool of them I'm gonna stop rambling I thank you for joining me I am Michael Hunter This is the ACC Basketball Report What's going on, people? It is me, Michael Hunter. It is a Thursday night. It is about 8 o'clock in the evening. I just got off the line with... My buddies Sean Dillon and Eric Haslam doing the Rockin' 25 countdown special for Lubbock, Texas. I believe it's on terrestrial radio. So probably won't be able to find it in the podcast universe. Good time. Sean, Eric, both really good guys. Guys I've gotten to know a little bit this year. I'm going to jump right into ACC BR number 45 tonight. We got some stuff to review. I'm going to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge. This is the ACC Big Ten Challenge review. Uh, a couple games that happened Sunday night, Florida State loses the Advocare Championship game to Villanova Not a huge shock to me <clears throat> You knew that Villanova was going to get right sometime And Florida State probably shouldn't have won that game against LSU that they did on Friday So uh, they lose 66-60 MJ Walker with 2 points and 31 minutes and fouls out Florida State has 23 fouls, 16 turnovers uh, You know, Villanova's going to get right You, you knew that and, you know, Florida State had kind of been walking that line a little bit And it kind of come out and like bit him in the ass uh, I still like this Florida State team They did, and I'm going to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge here in just a second So let me just hold off on any comments uh, On Sunday, another game outside of the challenge Miami uh, loses to Seton Hall to Wooden Legacy, 83-81 to uh, Enzy and Powell, you know, they combined for 38 Miles Powell is one of the best, you know, pure scorers in that conference Seton Hall shoots fifty-two percent uh, from the field. Uh, Miami played well offensively, but they just couldn't stop Seton Hall at all. Uh, without Hernandez, I'm not sure this team makes it to the postseason. Uh, there's too too many good scoring teams in the ACC, and unfortunately, I don't I don't think Dewan Hernandez is coming back. Uh, I think if he was going to come back, he'd be back by now. Um, they they being the premier player that he is. They had to have investigated fully and quickly in order to get him back on the court And since he's not back on the court yet, I have to think that he might not be back Okay Jumping into the ACC Big Ten Challenge Or as I just call it, the challenge Because it is the challenge You know how uh, people call Miami the U Or Ohio State the Ohio State University This is the challenge Okay, I don't want to hear about the Atlantic Ten and Mountain West Or the the Pac-4 14 or the Pac-12 and the and the big 12. That's actually the big 10 or, or whatever the hell it is the SEC and whoever the whoever they play I don't know Th- This is it. This is where it's at. This is the best conference in basketball the ACC playing consistently The third or fourth best conference in basketball in the Big Ten and right now the metrics actually show the, show the Big Ten being the best conference in basketball so you know when it supports my argument, I'm gonna go ahead and claim that as fact and say that the Big Ten, and the ACC, are the two best conferences in basketball, and they played a, a not a round robin, but a you know eh a, a little home and home with some matchups. And the matchups could have been better. Um, some of them were skewed. Some of them were interesting. The contrast between Wisconsin and North Carolina State obviously was interesting to me. Um, and some of the matchups were surprisingly good, and I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. Uh, starting on Monday night's game, Clemson loses at home to Nebraska. and fails to protect home court; they fall 68 to 60. You know, never no one ever really got rolling for Clemson in this game. Uh, meanwhile, James Palmer was fantastic. You know, finally probably playing in front of a national audience. You can imagine on ESPN. You know, he has 20 points, nine rebounds. was phenomenal on the break. Uh, made some timely three-pointers. You know, Isaac Copeland was a player in this game sixteen 16-6. Six. Uh, you know, it was tied at the half. Uh, Marquise Reed got a little hot and then kind of cooled down. He had a charge, I think, in the second half uh, during a key point where Clemson was trying to keep up. Uh, you know, the Tigers kept it close the whole game. It was nip-talk the whole game. And they just couldn't, couldn't get over the hump. Um... I thought nebraska looked well, especially on the road and that was one of the knocks on nebraska last year was that they couldn't get quality wins Especially on the road. This is gonna be a good win for them at the end of the season Which I think they're gonna be pretty safely in the tournament this year They got a really good team glenn watson is probably One of the best point guards in the country that nobody really knows about, you know, and then they've got transfers james palmer isaac copeland Uh, they got a really nice, uh, freshman and tony allen and uh is it Tommy Allen, Thomas Allen, that's what it is, Thomas Allen And, uh, you know, Nebraska's a good team uh, that's, that's a game that Clemson should have won I picked Clemson in this game um, You know, historically Clemson is a really good team at home Little John is typically a very difficult place to play for opposing teams And, you know, that just speaks to how good Nebraska is, I think And, you know, Clemson has a little bit of work to do You, you know, maybe they're not as talented on the perimeters as they were last year and can't really—they don't really have—you know—they don't have Gabe DeVoe to bail them out with timely threes or, or a massive quantity of threes. And, and Reed Mitchell and Thomas need to stay focused and and be that three-headed monster that they need to be in order for Clemson to have a repeat performance of their successes last year. Uh, staying with Monday night, Boston College de- defeats Minnesota at home. Actually, hold this is Boston College. Okay, under Jim Christian, the one thing they have never done is played. Good perimeter off uh, perimeter defense. And if you guys can hear that in the background, it's my dog playing with a chew toy that has a bone in it. And for whatever reason, I threw that in there and thought it would be a good idea, a good distraction for him while I get to the podcast tonight. But uh, now he just, he's determined to be loud with it. Uh, so they hold Minnesota to 56 points. Minnesota not impressive at all in this game. Um, I, I don't know what to think about Boston College at this point. I mean, how do you you lose to IUPUI at home, and then Minnesota comes to town with talented players like Isaiah Washington and Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffee, <clears throat> and and you hold them to 56 points. Winston Tabs performs well after a couple down games. That freshman is you know one of the the. The surprising freshman in the ACC, he has 17. You know, and Boston College also wins this game when Kai Bowman only has 12. He was not impressive in this game at all. Uh, 3 for 13 from the floor. This is the second time this year that that Bowman's had 12 points and Boston College has been able to pull out a win. Nick Popovich comes off the bench, gets 18-6 and against Jordan Murphy and Daniel Laturo. You know, that, that's surprising to me. And those are two very good rebounding, very good front court players. Of course, Murphy did have a, a double double because he's a double double machine. You know, and Boston College, the one thing they haven't done under Jim Christian is play solid perimeter defense. Minnesota comes to town and goes five for 30. Okay, now Minnesota isn't the same team they've been in years past. Um, What's the kid's name? Their point guard from last year, really good player. I can't remember. Isaiah Washington isn't really the player that that you know they were expecting. He's, I think, he's a really good player. I think it's, you know it's a talent and opportunity. I think you've got to put him in there and you've got to be patient with him and and let him play. Amir Coffey's not a point guard. You know, as much as you may want him to be, he, he's better off the ball. And you know, Richard Pertino I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know. This team should be good. You should score more than 56 against Boston College, regardless of where the game is played. But, uh, you know, the things I take away from this is we don't know what we're getting any given night from Boston College, and Winston Tabs is really good for a three-star freshman. And I think that speaks to how Jim Christian coaches his guards, especially his his two guards, is if you can shoot it, he's going to get you good shots. And, you know, Tabs, I, I still think they're an NIT team. Um, I just don't think they have the defense, you know, regardless of the outcome in this game. Uh, you know, I like Boston College a little bit. I, I have since the beginning of the preseason. And this, you know, they're an interesting team to watch play, especially on the offensive end. But with performances like this, it's it's just a grab bag. You just never know how Boston College is going to come out. Uh, moving on to Duke. they. I, I said before this, this challenge, I, I said on Sunday, I would hate to be Indiana in this game. Uh, Duke coming off an emotional roller coaster in Maui, uh, losing that game to Gonzaga. They blow out Indiana by 21. Zion has a Zion type game, 25 points, six rebounds, four assists. Romeo Langford looked not good. You know, some projecting him to be a top five, top eight pick in the NBA draft. He did not look like it in this game. Uh, three for 15. Just if you didn't know it was Romeo Langford, you would be asking yourself, who's this guy that's hoisting up all these shots and and not. Getting met with success. And, you know, I think this is more of this is the game was more about Duke than it was Indiana. I think Indiana is going to be okay. Um, Romeo Langford's is going to be okay. But in this game, it, it's amazing how, <clears throat> and you're seeing it with some other five star freshmen, the difference between the five star freshmen that Duke have and some of the other five star freshmen. Okay. And Nasir Little has been playing like 15, 20 minutes a game for for North Carolina. Um, obviously, he's very good. He's going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. Uh, Michael Devoe for Georgia Tech. He's a four star guy, top fifty guy. And when you know Romeo Langford in this game, for instance, uh, you look at even even guys from last year like Jalen Hands. <laughs> eh, you know um, who, who else in conference? Who else in conference? Let's let's think about this for a second. Uh, V.J. King, shit Five-star guy on his own team Being played by outplayed by Jordan Orr As a three-star guy um, y- You know, you put but you put These guys, these very highly Rated recruits up against guys like Zion and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish And it doesn't even look like they're on The same level, you know, it looks like You know, Le- LeBron and Donovan Mitchell You know what I mean? It's, it's just really interesting How much better The three Duke freshmen look Jesus oh, Look than all the other Freshmen in the country it's really amazing To me um, you know Duke keeps winning R.J. Bear isn't even playing that great I don't know if people realize this you know I think they're so blinded by Zion And his success or or The enigma that's Marquez Bolden Or or, or Cam Retta Shooting NBA threes just On a whim you know R.J. Bear Still putting up numbers not playing That well okay he fouled out in this game He had five turnovers in this game You know, when he rounds into form, and he will round into form, okay, he's still, I I think Barrett, Nasir Little, and, and Williamson are the top three NBA prospects in this class. And there's a reason I think that. They're all, I think, head and shoulders above everybody else. But Barrett hasn't played well. Now, the reason I think that Barrett is going to round into form is because I saw him play in Egypt. Now, granted, in Egypt he's playing against uh, 19 and under kids, but those are still all-star teams. And he was, you know, he's playing on a team with Luka Doncic and the Wigginton kid from Iowa State. Um, I want to say O'Shea Brissett was on that Canadian team, but I'm not 100% positive. And... I don't even remember Brissett making a play, which I you know some of you people are chuckling right now. Well, he hasn't made a play all year this year either. But um, you know, I, I don't remember some of the other guys making play. I don't. I remember Wigginston. I remember Doncic. Obviously, I remember Doncic more because of his mother. But you know, Barrett was the best player in that tournament. He was he, head and shoulders above everybody else. And you know, he's not a knockdown shooter. He's not. You know, he's not what you want him to be. He's just a really solid basketball player. And eventually he's going to get efficient, I think. You know, he's shooting 62% from the line right now. I expect that number to go up. He's shooting 33% from three. I expect that to creep up around 36, 37%. When Duke gets right, they're going to be even better. And, and I mean, to this point, I don't think Duke has been right. And look how they played Gonzaga. They blew out Kentucky, they just blew out Indiana. They beat a top 10 Auburn team, and they're not right yet. R.J. Barrett's not right yet. And you could, you know, Cam Reddish has been nicked up a little bit. He's had some tough shooting nights. When they get in a groove, this team is just going to cut through the ACC. Now, I don't um, particularly like them more than, you know, UNC yet. I, I still think UNC's got the depth, the experience, the talent, the athleticism, the defense, the size, I can't wait to watch these games though, Duke, Virginia, UNC, those three teams going round and round in the ACC is going to be absolutely phenomenal Okay, Uh, going on to what I thought was the surprise of the ACC Big Ten Challenge Well, maybe not, okay, it was the surprise for the winning side, okay Um, There was a lot of surprises in this challenge, I thought But the biggest surprise to me was Louisville uh, holding court at home and beating Michigan State Louisville gets the win 82 78 in overtime. It's kind of a crazy game. Uh, Louisville holds a slim margin for most of the second half of the second half. Michigan State's fight back. They're up one. Okay. Minute nine, somewhere. Minute minute five, somewhere. I can't. I I don't have my game notes with me. Um, They turn it over. Okay. Kenny Goins, who I think had 17 rebounds in this game. Immediately fouls Christian Cunningham, okay? Michigan State's up one. They're in the bonus, okay? Kenny Goins fouls Christian Cunningham, who goes to the line, calmly hits the first one, okay? Ties it up, great. You know, Louisville's going to win this game. Christian Cunningham, senior, okay? Grad transfer, playing tons of minutes for Louisville right now because Darius Perry's still, I guess, a little bit... I don't know. I don't know why Darius Perry's not playing more than he is right now, but Christian Cunningham is somebody that Chris Mack apparently believes in. Goes in, misses the second one. They go to overtime, and you know basically louisville wins it in overtime ryan mcmahon just keeps drilling free throws jordan or hits a three uh, mcmahon ends the game with 24 it was, it was an impressive win for louisville after they drop two straight games to Marquette in tennessee uh, You know louisville's going through a gauntlet right now as far as teams that they're playing nice to see him get this win uh, You know I'll, you guys know people who listen to this podcast i'm not a huge believer in louisville this year But things like this aren't exactly an anomaly well I guess, I guess they are actually the definition of an anomaly You're going to see this happen with Louisville Over the course of the season I think They won't be consistent They'll probably drop some games that they should not drop But I think every once in a while They're going to poke their head up and, and win some games that maybe we didn't think They would have a chance in um, Probably this Jesus this dog is just content And you know Intentionally <laughs> demolishing this podcast it's kind of funny to me, but I don't know if it'll be funny to you But you guys will get over it, I'm sure um, One of the surprising, most surprising results of the, of the challenge Was obviously Virginia Tech going up to State College And losing to Penn State And this is the shit that we deal with for Virginia Tech every year I believe in this team's talent, and they do this I, It was a foregone conclusion for me That Virginia Tech's going to win this game by 12 to 16 points Okay, I, I, give, I give Penn State a, a, the benefit of the doubt Because... You know, Lamar Stevens is a good player. Um, Michael Watkins is a good player. (sighs) You know, Virginia Tech, goddamn. And I had to go back and watch the game because I'm, I'm watching it on the ticker, and I'm thinking, yeah, Kerry Blackshear's in foul trouble. And they're struggling underneath with Watkins, and they can't protect the rim. And you know this is another Power Six school. Regardless of how Penn State, how good Penn State is as far as a program, it's still a Power Six school. If they still had Tony Carr this year, that's a solid program, with a solid team. They're probably going dancing, uh, you know. And it's not. It's, it's the other thing. It's the same thing that happened last year. Ahmed Hill, super talented, goes zero for six on the day, zero points. How? How? How does that happen? Um. And this is what he does. He did it last year. There were games last year. Uh, Buzz Williams didn't even put him in the game. And then you look, and I'm watching the game. Kerry Blackshear doesn't even come off the court in this game. It's, I, I didn't look it up. It's got to be a career high. Finally, plays 36 minutes. 14 points, 9 rebounds. What happens? They lose. So maybe Kerry Blackshear should be in foul trouble every game. Only played 21 minutes. Seems to be a a, a, a a measure of for success. You know, a recipe for success. For Virginia Tech They had 11 steals in this game 11 live ball turnovers Okay Penn State only shot 7 free throws Went 9 of 29 from deep How do you lose this game Virginia Tech How How is that possible To lose this game With players like NAW And Justin Robinson And Ahmed Hill And Kerry Blackshear And PJ Horn How do you do it You know Travis Outlaw Scored 16 in this game How do you lose this game To Penn State I don't understand it. Um, You know, the one interesting thing was I was told from someone on Twitter who is plugged into Virginia Tech hoops that he believes that Chris Clark is actually going to be returning this year, which means that the rumors I heard on Twitter about what was uh, allegedly leading to his dismissal or suspension must be not true. You know, and the Twitterverse strikes again. Okay. He also said that Landers Nolly should be on the court soon, which, hey, you know, for those of you who haven't seen him play, get ready for a treat. I, I my favorite kind of player six seven that can shoot the ball. I love it. I love the big wings that can shoot the three. I just it's just so much fun to watch them. Um, Virginia Tech though, I, you know they're gonna bounce back. They're gonna beat the next people by thirty. They probably beat Duke by twenty at some point and then lose to fucking Pitt. It's. <clears throat> It's just Virginia Tech. At least I know, as a Georgia Tech fan, what I'm getting when they step out on the floor. Okay, Bad offensive basketball. The defense is going to keep it tight. And we're probably going to shoot poorly from the free throw line and lose by a little bit less than the spread. You know, We're going to cover the spread. We're just going to win the game. And we're probably going to shoot poorly. But play solid defense, and we'll hang our hat on that forever. Anyway, uh, speaking of Pitt, they lose to Iowa, which I, this was one of the games. If you listen to the podcast I did with Kevin Sweeney, I, this was a... a you know, when you're when you're making the matchups you think Iowa's probably not gonna be very good because we expected them to be good last year and they laid an egg. Well they get everybody back. Okay? What do they do? They perform. The fourteenth ranked team in the country right now. And they, they get pit. And you're thinking, okay, Iowa by twenty. Okay, Lucas Garza is gonna eat up uh Kenny Chukwu or Chukwukwa. I apologize. Or and Terrell Brown. And you know and, and you know nobody's going to stop Jordan Bohannon Okay? Nobody's going to stop Tyler Cook for God's sakes. And what happens? Iowa only wins by one. I've been telling you guys that Pitt looks good for weeks now. They really do. Um this team is buying into what Jeff, Jeff Capel's selling. Is this Pitt team a good team? I don't know. Um I I, I, I want to say yes. You know, and it's only because I like watching Xavier Johnson play. Okay, kid had 18 points, four assists, six rebounds. Played all 40 minutes in this game. Never came off the floor. Did have six turnovers and fouled out in the last minute. But I, you know, he's the best player on a team that took a top 15 Iowa team to the to the mat. You know, to the brink. Pitt almost just beat a ranked opponent on the road the other night. Do you guys realize that one point? Okay, couple free throws. Difference in this game. Um, this team does not look like the basement team of the ACC right now. Um, that's reserved for Georgia Tech and Wake Forest and possibly Miami, which, you know, Miami without Hernandez is, is something you know, if they can shoot the three. They're going to get some wins. You know, I think it's going to be Georgia Tech and Wake Forest fighting it out for the basement, but Miami, I, you know, I said it the other day that they're a good shooting team. I, and I think they'll be cover monsters All game, all season They're going to cover spreads But, uh, you know, in Okay, I'm going to save Miami For when I get to Miami Okay, I thought I already got past them But I didn't uh, NC State loses to Wisconsin But covers a spread just like I said they would If you follow me on Twitter At Pico and 36 Somebody asked me flat out the other day What do you think about the Wisconsin-NC State game I said at plus six and a half Or minus six and a half Wisconsin's going to win NC State's going to cover that's what happens Sometimes I know my shit Most of the time I'm mush But uh, I, I, I hit it that time Wisconsin gets the win 79-75 Ethan Hap, Demetric Trice lead the Badgers If you haven't watched Wisconsin play <clears throat> um, it, it's, it looks like the Bo Ryan years uh, Fundamental ball movement Open threes Pounded inside, pounded inside, pounded inside You've got an All-American, and Ethan Hap. Um, he didn't play He, he played well uh, He didn't have like Five or six turnovers I think uh, But you know Wolfpack It didn't go quite like I thought it would I thought Wyatt Walker Would get in foul trouble He did not He played okay Derek Funderburg did get in tr- uh, Didn't get did get in foul trouble But he was kind of A non-factor and Wolfpack were up at the half But then they forgot How to play defense In the second half um, You know Wisconsin I, I don't know what they put up In the second half But they put up a number And they were You know Just NC State just couldn't stop them. Uh, lack of interior depth, a uh, lack of interior threat on both of the ends of the floor is their Achilles. They can't stop Ethan Half on on the on the defensive end and on the offensive end they're not making him work in the post as far as defending a legitimate threat on the block. You know, they're not dumping it into Wyatt Walker on the block. That's just not how that NC State offense runs. You know, it's a perimeter-orientated team. So, Ethan Happ, you know, I mean, he's he's playing the basket line. He's, he's, he's playing deny, I guess. But he knows that that ball's not going to Wyatt Walker. He can half-ass it on the defensive end. um, and, and save it for chewing up the interior on the offensive end. Which, looking at the score... Yeah, they scored 50 in the second half in this game. Um, yeah, I... Uh, It's exactly what I thought would happen NC State, a team came out, smacked Them in the mouth, especially in the second half And they didn't fold, but They didn't really know what to do And that's A concern I have for this, I think NC State's Going to be better, they're obviously going to be in the dance, I think But This was a game that I had concern with, especially With the first six games of the season, and how Cupcake City, they were. is absolutely ridiculous. I I never it, never in my mind for a second thought that Wisconsin was going to lose this game. All right. Uh, Notre Dame beats Illinois 76 74. The game was not that close. Uh, you know, Notre Dame tried to give it away. They're up 12 with five to go. Temple Gibbs playing well. DJ Harvey's playing well. And then Illinois just starts going to the line. Start going to the line and start getting layups. And, you know, like I said, Gibbs and Harvey combined for 38. You know, the, the biggest thing here was all of a sudden Notre Dame just couldn't make free throws, you know I, uh, Illinois is going to the line, going two for two from the line, getting a layup here, hitting a three there in the second half in the last five minutes Notre Dame goes to the line 39 times, only makes 24 of them I mean, that's it right there, it should be a 15, 16 point win Um you know Notre Dame again. DJ Harvey's looking like the player we expected last year. Temple Gibbs is starting to round into form. The freshmen are looking good, especially uh, Prentice Hub. And is it? I, you know, I still don't know. I, it looks like it's Lazuski. I've heard it say Lazuski. I've heard you guys send me emails on Twitter saying it's Lazuski, and they keep saying Lashevski. It doesn't look anything like Lashevski. Um, but if that's what it is, I'd love to know because I'd love to get it right. It's a pet peeve of mine. To pronounce people's names wrong Because as you guys know My name has a fucked up spelling And I think that the way that I spell Michael Looks more like Michael Than the traditional way to spell Michael And people call me Michelle And get the other Michael correct all the time And now I just realize once again That I'm rambling And I apologize for that But if you guys know Defiantly If it's Leszewski or lazuski I would love to know Because I would love to settle that And be done with it And call him by his right name Notre Dame is quietly six and one, okay? And not a huge margin of victory on, on the season, but they're not dropping games. They shouldn't be losing. You know what I mean? They didn't lose to DePaul, it, it, you know. Okay, the Radford game. Yeah, yeah. Still, Radford was a tournament team last year, right? So, and they're going to be again this year. So, okay, Notre Dame's coming together. Okay, I picked them ninth. I told you they've been going dancing. I've stuck with that since the preseason Notre Dame's going to the dance this year Just telling you guys Hey <laughs> I mean, Who gave you Prentice up in the preseason? He's a player I did Who told you Claude Trapp was going to be an integral part of Clemson I did Alright Sometimes I know things Who told you about Curtis Haywood the second And his ability to shoot the ball I did Alright Who told you about Jordan Orr Motherfuckers I did Yeah Sometimes You know, I can't bet. Don't ever bet with me. Well, you should bet with me, bet against me. But, you know, I'm a mosh when it comes to that. But as far as recognizing talent, I'll tell you guys. I'll I'll be straight with you guys. I can recognize that shit. Wake Forest, the only ACC team not to participate in the challenge. Uh, Instead, they had a date with Western Carolina. This game's tied with 90 seconds to go. Okay, I'm watching other games. I got the two TVs on upstairs. Look at the ticker. 90 seconds to go, game's tied <laughs> um, You know, so I switch over uh, You know, it takes and, and it's it's another Mush moment, okay, an ACC BR curse Moment, I only changed It over because I wanted to see how bad Wake Forest played down the stretch I wanted to see them lose to the game so I could get on here And just hammer Danny Manning Again, and their inability to Make adjustments, their inability to install Any kind of offense in this, on this, this Team that's just It's Got stars all over the place okay? Brandon Childress is a star Jalen Horde is a star Isaiah Mucius is a star And Nah, they pull it out They win 71-64 uh, Horde and Childress put it away at the line Childress had 20 Not a great game from Jalen Horde From what I You know, I saw him drill a couple free throws at the end of the game To go ahead and seal it up But uh, his stat line wasn't very impressive You know, Wake Forest is just trash You know, that is what it is I think I, I think they're the basement team Which is ridiculous because they clearly have more talent than the other two, the other two being Pitt and Georgia Tech, but this team's not going to score in Atlanta against that G-Tech defense, and they're not—they're just not going to beat Pitt. I mean, Pitt, like I said, they're buying what Jeff Capel's selling. You know, they're smelling what he's stepping in. They're picking up what he's putting down. I can do this shit all day. All right, Xavier Johnson's a player. He's going to d up Brandon Childress. Meanwhile, Wake Forest ain't going to be able to stop him, McGowan's, or. Fucking uh, Jared Wilson frame They ain't going to stop him They don't play defense Never have under Danny Manning Wake Forest is going to finish last in the ACC Yeah and I, I fully believe that now You know in that third tier That last tier G-Tech, uh, Pitt, and Wake It was kind of up in the air Everybody thought something different I think we know now G-Tech's got some talent And they can coach a little bit Pitt's got some talent And they they play hard Wake Forest has some talent. They don't play hard. They don't coach. They don't play defense. So, I, it, you know, from what I've seen, Wake Forest is clearly the, the cellar dweller in, in the ACC right now. Uh, speaking of G Tech, they go up to Evanston. They lose to Northwestern. Now they cover the spread in this game. Okay, again, another mush moment from Peacone Okay, they're down twenty at the half. Northwestern is not a good offensive team. They are not a good team, really. Period. Uh, you know, Kevin, who was on the podcast last week Is a fan, he picked him like 11th In the Big Ten Which, yeah, yeah, there's more than 11 teams in the Big Ten Which is just fucking stupid um, I think the spread was 7.5 They lose by 6 um, Like I said, down 20 at the half Just, Just can't score, can't shoot Can't make layups, can't make free throws Can't play defense You know, you got two guys gambling on layups That leave the offensive glass wide open A.D. Gay is just He just looks bad You know, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine Who's a G Tech fan last night he looks selfish And, uh, you know, there are some points where I would welcome A.D. Gay to be selfish um, I think there are times when he needs to be selfish If he's got a smaller defender on him And he can do, and he's on, you know, the left side block He can go over his left shoulder With that little baby right-handed hook That's money Cool But if you're on the opposite block the only way that works for him is when he turns into the bucket Okay, when he turns into the bucket and goes over his left shoulder, cash It doesn't work when you're on the opposite side You go over the left shoulder towards the baseline it, it, it doesn't work for him It only works when you spin into the bucket for him And if that's not there, he needs to recognize that and kick it back out Because you kick it back out, you have shooters out there now Okay, this is a fifth year redshirt senior Has not progressed outside of that hook shot at all Still got a bad attitude Still likes to yak at the refs Still can't rebound Still can't defend the rim You know Yeah Another Brian Gregory recruit Yeah You know Moses Wright I know You know This kid He's a good kid Plays the game with a lot of love, loves the game Good kid, always got a smile on his face Plays hard, and in order for him to develop He needs to be on the court The only problem is he's not a good basketball player right now His measurables are great, okay 6'8", handle the ball Super athletic Sometimes can defend the rim Though he doesn't do it very consistently But he's not a good rebounder He can't, he, he can't finish He can't finish you know, he can't shoot it He shoots like 30% from the line You know, these little four foot jump shots In the lane, you gotta make those, man You, got, you gotta you got do something In 16 minutes, putting up goose eggs Across the board Damn uh, you, you can see the talent, you can see the upside He's just gotta get there And unfortunately, you know, patience is a virtue That I do not possess And I've been a I've been a GTAC fan for a long time And I'm, I'm out of patience I really am out of patience I cannot watch bad basketball I did not watch the second half of this game Did not interest me at all After watching that first half What happens? They come storming back Now they were never going to win But then they cover <laughs> oh, that, people, Some people are pissed I'm not, I don't bet on G-Tech You crazy You never know what you're going to get You talk about a grab bag from Ahmed Hill Shit G-Tech on the road <laughs> I don't care who's coaching Historically is a terrible, terrible proposition to make a bet on G Tech on the road. Um, again, it's just I, I. I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna watch a whole lot of that basketball this year because I, I like being a fan of G Tech. Sometimes I just I you know I don't I don't want to be a Duke fan. I don't I don't want to be an Arizona fan. It's too easy. You know what I mean. But at the same time, I just can't stand to watch bad basketball constantly. Mike DeVoe's out there, and he's obviously more talented than everybody else on the team, but he just can't get anything done because he's got nobody around him except Alvarado. And the biggest thing about Alvarado is he's a pit bull. You know, his biggest asset is his heart. He would rather win than breathe. That's a Josh Pastner quote. And I fully believe it. Unfortunately, it's not real consistent from the outside. Um, the way he plays, he gets dinged up a little bit. It's just it's just tough. It's just tough, and it's gonna be tough. I think you gotta start Devoe, Haywood, and Alvarado, and just let him go. You gotta, you gotta. Evan Cole's gotta get healthy. You gotta sit Moses down, or you gotta play Khalid Moore because I think Khalid Moore is everything that you want Moses right to be. And I, I just think he gets the minutes, which is funny because. It seemed like Moses Wright played the entire first half yesterday. I looked at the box score this morning when I saw that they only lost by six. Moses Wright only played 60 minutes for the entire game, so he must not have played at all in the second half. So maybe we're starting to head that way. Maybe Moore is going to start seeing the court a little bit more. All right, enough on my own personal vendetta against the Georgia Tech program. Uh, Virginia beats Maryland 76-71. I watched most of the first half of this game before the G Tech game started. Uh, I was impressed by Jalen Hill, the freshman from Maryland. Uh, long lean athletic probably gonna be a top 20 pick whenever he decides to come out And if he continues to improve works on his body gains some weight He could be a lottery pick by by all means uh, Bruno Fernando is just another one of my players that I really like to watch play basketball plays the game hard You know true back to the basket big man block shots hustles rebounds, you know, he's a ben wallace type player That's who he reminds me of I don't get to watch him a whole lot because You know, I gotta I gotta I gotta watch games for you guys. I'm not one of those guys that just Fucking surf the the box scores And then Puke that stuff back up I gotta watch the games and draw Meaningful conclusions to these games Um, And unfortunately 15 teams in the ACC Doesn't leave me a lot of time to go bouncing around Watching Maryland play in the Big Ten Scoring 56 points a game So you know, Another guy, Eric Ayala Which was a guy that I paid attention to a little bit Because he was being recruited by Syracuse I liked him as a prep I thought he looked pretty good last night um, was it last night or the night before? last night um, You know, Fernando sticks around Ayala, Jalen Hill sticks around I think this Maryland team is going to be really good next year Now, the likelihood of Fernando sticking around after this year Is very slim, I think But, uh, you know, Ayala is good uh, Hill is good I think, you know, Turgeon had a very good recruiting class this year But nobody that's going to be an immediate impact type guy So maybe next year is, uh, is Maryland's year I think the biggest thing And I just talked about this on the Rockin' Top 25 podcast Is Kei Clark, who's a freshman for Virginia, gives the Cavaliers a nice wrinkle, um not huge numbers plays a lot of minutes and he's really solid and his ability to handle the ball and you know and, and just just play good basketball while Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy are out there running off jack Salt illegal screens and, and shooting threes and, and just. It, it, Another ball handler on the court. And Ty Jerome can play off the ball. He's 6'5. He can play shooting guard easy. Certainly got the range for it. And it's just uh, an added dimension that Virginia didn't have last year um, that is really interesting. And we know guard play wins in March. And I know you guys, you know, you don't you want to keep beating that UMBC drum as last year. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say this is a different Virginia team. Not that ain't going to happen this year. Not if everybody's healthy. Okay, Kyle Guy last night was hot. 15 points in the first half. And every time it left his hands you thought it was going in. The Virginia team's good. They just they just are. I mean, regardless of tournament success, they're gonna win games in the regular season. You know, they have the makeup of a Final Four team. Now, if some team goes twelve for twenty four from deep and just lights it up, there's nothing you can do about that. Okay, there's there's nothing you can do about that. There really isn't. Sometimes teams get hot Sometimes life sucks Sometimes it's unfair Sometimes you're really good and you lose Okay (coughs) It is what it is It's the nature of the game It's why we all love college basketball Because even the most illogical thing Regardless of how silly and stupid And nonsensical it sounds Can still happen And has in the past I mean everything's happened now Right? 16 beat a 1 Shit What's left Um Apart from a sixteen making the final four or something crazy like that, I don't think we'll ever see that. But um, moving on to UNC, they lose in Ann Arbor, eighty four to sixty seven. You know, called it. You know, it's a young team on the road. You know, they hung for a half. I think they were down two at the half, down one at the half. Uh, Kobe White and Nasir Little, not great games. Cam Johnson was eventually going to regress to the mean. Okay, he'd been playing too well early in the season. sixty two percent from three. Okay, he's not going to maintain that all year. There was a there was a night coming. He was gonna go one for five, one for seven from deep. You know you can't. You just ain't gonna do it. You ain't gonna maintain that level of excellence all season long. Um, and you knew that eventually UNC, who is, I think, second in Ken Palm uh, as far as tempo and offense. How did I do I can't remember what I, what metric I was looking at earlier. But they're right behind Savannah State. And right ahead of Florida International um, But eventually you know, Carolina's offense Which Kobe White has been fantastic lately Okay, Nasir Little was really good against UCLA um, Cam Johnson's been good all season Eventually they were going to regress Unfortunately it all happened in the same game Which makes sense because Michigan Demolished Villanova Okay, uh, Michigan is a juggernaut Defensively This Brazdikas kid is awesome, it, it, you know, and, and Belon is obviously a great coach. Not to mention that you're taking your freshmen and you're going to Ann Arbor. Okay, if this game played in Chapel Hill, it might be a little bit different. Okay, the energy level is different. The the, the fans, you know, your own locker room, the the comfort of your home court. It, you know, it, it matters. Home court matters in college basketball, and it definitely matters when two of your key players are freshmen. Three of your key players, if you count Leaky Black. And, you know, UNC, they're, they're playing a hell of a schedule. I don't know if you guys are paying attention here. Okay, you know, UCLA. Um, shit, who did they lose to? Just slipped my mind. But, you know, they lost to Michigan. Who did they lose to before UCLA? Texas. You know, Texas, good team in the top 25. You know, played at Wofford. Played at home at Stanford. Stanford isn't very good, but they're Power 16. Stanford's got some talent. Uh, Carolina's playing a hell of a schedule. So there's going to be some bumps and bruises When they go into conference play They're going to have more losses than Duke They're going to have more losses than Virginia You know, they're going to be ha- They're going to have the same losses as Like a Virginia Tech Okay, that's entirely possible for Virginia Tech to have like Three losses And Carolina to have like Three losses going into ACC play You would be a fool To think That UNC is down on that next level With Virginia Tech Ver- North Carolina would beat Virginia Tech By 20 right now Who... Luke May would have Kerry Blackshear Jr. in foul trouble Before they even threw the tip You know, Buzz Williams wouldn't even put him in the game Did Kerry just come here sit down He'd look at the bookkeeper and say, give him two We'll play him in the second half it, Just it, It's it's completely different Okay, UNC is probably going to have more losses Than Duke and Virginia going into conference play But you would be a fool to think that they are not On that same level These two guys, Kobe White, the three guys uh, Leaky Black, Kobe White, Nasir Little, when you get into January, you ain't freshman anymore. Okay, After you play as many minutes as they're going to play, it's going to click for them, you know, on like a light bulb. And they're going to start rolling. And, and it's going to happen. I'm telling you, when those three teams play, Virginia, Duke, Carolina, oh, I can't wait to watch those games. I can't wait. Especially when Duke goes to Chapel Hill. I think that'll be a better game than than UNC going to Durham. Um I you know and I actually I don't have the schedule in front of me. I think it only happens once this year. No, it happens twice every year. They got it. ESPN would never allow that. Anyway, but Duke at Chapel Hill is going to be interesting this year. Uh moving on to Florida State. They knit Purdue. Purdue goes 0 for 2 against the ACC after losing to Florida State. They lost to Virginia Tech in the uh Charleston Classic previously 73-72. Yeah, Florida State didn't really look that great. 17 turnovers um and and they wore just awful uniforms It looked like a Marquette With some maroon on it It was fucking awful um, MJ Walker again does not look great My my pick, one of my choices for the most logical Breakout player of the season Just just not playing well at the time Florida State kind of, it's, it's interesting They kind of regressed at, Back to a sum of parts You know, uh, the product is better than the sum of, No, the sum of the parts is better than the individual um, uh, Parts Eight points, I'm ah, sorry, eight players with seven points or more for the Seminoles Really interesting, they really spread it out in this game um, Terrence Mann had moments, I think he missed like two or three tip dunks But I may be thinking of the LSU game too I know sometimes it becomes a little jumbled mess in my head You know, <clears throat> I honestly believe that Florida State looks like they could be better than last year's team They they need Phil Kofa though, he just, he... He gives them that dimension You know he can play two, three, four, or 5 And you know, Leadership obviously is a 5th year guy I just They need Phil Kofer back And he's supposed to be back Before Christmas I believe So When they get back You know maybe a little pressure off MJ Walker He starts to feel a little bit better You know a little bit uh, Maybe he's, he's rushing a little bit He's a solid player I still believe that he's, got, he's a star He's got it written all over him Um but, you know, Phil Kofre, and it gives, just gives a deep team even more depth. I mean, Raquan Gray is playing tons of minutes right now. Way more minutes than I thought he was going to play. Um, the Vassal kid playing a ton of, not uh, not Vassal. Uh, Who's the other kid that I'm thinking of? The lefty with a flat top. Shit. Um, you know, he he's playing well, even though I can't remember his name right now because, you know, sometimes you reach for a name and it's just not there. So we're just going to call him the flat top kid. Uh, you know, he looks good. <laughs> Trent Forrest, one of my favorite players in the ACC area, and I love watching that kid play. I love watching big point guards play the point. It's great. You know, I guess I think I said this last week. Imagine when Chris Likes. When Miami plays Florida State, Chris Likes getting Trent Forrest. is going to be just super interesting. Uh, Moving on to Syracuse, of course. You know, as soon as I start making fun of Syracuse, uh, they go to Columbus and they win. 72 62 over ohio state of course i didn't know frank howard's coming back for this game he comes back all of a sudden syracuse remembers how to win you know i said this before Jalen carey is a really good player but he doesn't know these tendencies for these other perimeter players that he's playing with frank howard knows how to put these guys in positions for them to succeed all of a sudden they go 11 for 24 from deep syracuse starts making three syracuse wins the game on the road i you know ohio state is tremendously overrated in my opinion chris holton's a very good coach but I just said on the other podcast with Sean and Eric, I don't want Caleb Wesson being my my alpha. Okay, I don't want CJ Jackson being my alpha. You need a to Beats Diop, okay, which is what they had last year. And I, I think you're gonna see this this Buckeyes team start to fade as the as the year progresses. I think you're gonna see Syracuse start to ascend as they start to put it together. Um, you know, still don't have Howard Washington back, but you know, I don't think it's quite necessary. Elijah Hughes is a stud. Um, way better than I remember ever seeing him play at uh, East Carolina. Um, but, you know, as battle and Howard get back into it, Carey off the bench is in a spark plug role. You know, I used to think Carey was going to start alongside these guys, and you switch, you know, battle to a three, Howard to a two. I don't think that's any longer the case. I think Jalen Carey is going to be kind of a scorer. Off uh, off the bench Because you can't take Hughes off the court You can't take Brissett off the court And you're certainly not going to take Chuck Wu off the court Not when he's anchoring that defense Which he also returned in this game uh, After leaving with a left leg injury After four minutes in the previous game Um, I, You know I, I, Syracuse is too good they're Too talented to be bad I mean they're going to make the tournament It's just going to be rough watching them play offense I think You know Bayheim just I don't know if he's lost interest in it You know he just recruits these guys And he just go out and do whatever you know, Mike Hopkins might have been the brains behind that operation. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Miami, you know, I, I spoke about them a little bit earlier. They lose to Rutgers, 57-54. to 54. How the fuck? How, how does that happen? Well, uh, I'll tell you, there's, really, there's no excuse other than this team is very limited without Duan Hernandez. You know, Azundu's uh, a nice player, but he's a backup center in the ACC. All right, now we're playing Power 6 competition. You know, just limited. And if if Miami can't get hot from deep, they're in trouble, um, you know. Plus the size of Geo Baker, which this is my first time watching Gio Baker play. Who's a he's a big guard for Rutgers. He was impressive. Um, you know, Likes had trouble, which is why I just brought up the Trent Forest uh, Florida State matchup. It'd be interesting to see if Likes makes the adjustment and has a good game against Florida State when they play uh, when he has to face off against uh, against a player like Trent Forest. I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game other than Miami looked really bad, and after. Losing the Seton Hall game, which they scored eighty-one, and then they drop this game and they score fifty-four, and they only they hold the other team to fifty-seven, and they still lose. Uh, I think I got a little too high, a little too early on Miami and their ability to shoot the three. You know, Anthony Lawrence has been inconsistent his entire career. Chris likes is a little bit undersized. Zach Johnson a little bit undersized. Uh, you know the Hernandez uh, suspension, which I don't think is going to be resolved anytime soon. It's uh. You know, it's too bad because, you, you know, you got a player like Johnson, you got a player like Likes, you got, you know, a supporting uh, three-point option of Vasilovich. If you just had DeWan Hernandez, I think you're dancing. And I didn't think that before the season, but I think if you have Hernandez in the middle of this lineup, I think you're going to the dance. So, you know, if he comes back, great. If he doesn't, it's, I think it's going to be a long season in Coral Gables. All right, so how did we do? How did we do and I and I wouldn't bring this up if I didn't win you guys know that right we just blow right through this and I'd end the podcast but as far as picks go I go eight and six Kevin went six and eight whoop that ass that's just experience Kevin it's experience um, the challenge on the challenge you know they, they tied the ACC and the big Ten tied seven games apiece so no real winner this year but the ACC didn't lose so we continue to be the best conference in the nation uh, home teams in the challenge will go 10 and four. Average margin of victory is only six and a half points, which is crazy. I mean, that tells you how good some of the games were. I think Duke had the biggest margin of victory with 21. I think we had four games. one, two, three, three games that were one point. Uh, two games that were two. One game that was three. And two games that were four. Um, and then another one at five. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of the games. Nine of the 14 games that were five points or less. This is crazy. Um I think that's about it for the Thursday evening. Uh wow, I went 50 minutes on this. I thought it'd be a 25 minute podcast. Um don't forget tuning in on Sunday. I'll do the week in review. I will do the stock watch. I will do ACCBR player of the week and you know any other general ramblings that uh that may occur. Uh you know, don't forget like, rate, review, subscribe, retweet the podcast, get the word out, make this the destination for All ACC basketball related news. I thank you guys for listening. I am Michael Hunter. This has been the ACC Basketball Report. Later.